Uh, welcome, everybody, to episode 33 of The Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast. Uh, I'm in one mobile fixed location, and my name is Kevin Cray. And I'm cruising across Arkansas, and I'm Steve DiBaselli. Steve, what in the world? I mean, people in Arkansas don't even want to be in Arkansas. What are you doing in Arkansas? I mean, listen, it's, it's a means to an end, man. I'm just, I'm just driving across this bad boy. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's actually prettier than I was expecting it to kind of be. We're, uh, I'm driving across I-40 right now, and it's, it's hilly and free, and, you know, it's, it's honestly after, uh, it's a welcome sight after driving through, you know, North Texas and, uh, and Oklahoma for most of the day. So, I I have an idea. Now, hear me out. Okay. You know, you're driving and you're going to be doing some pirate analysis. Why don't you just pick up a hitchhiker and let him drive while you do the podcast? No room, man. I'm, I'm, we're moving across the country. My car is packed full of stuff. It's just me and one of the dogs in here and, and there's no room for anybody else. So... Also, I'm in Arkansas, and I don't want, I don't know if I really want that hitchhiker, you know, so. Yeah, but what are the odds that there would be two serial killers in one car? Yeah, no, I mean, but the fact of the matter is, is I'm not armed, you know, so uh, that, that would be, uh, that, that would be my main concern, and, and I'm in Arkansas, so I'm all but certain that whoever I would pick up is, so. <laughs> So, uh, I believe it's your turn on the couch. Uh, it's a very mobile couch for you this week. You're probably on a couch going 75 miles an hour, but... 77 you... miles an hour is what I have the cruise control set at, but I've, I've, I've noticed that this isn't... It's, it's a little inaccurate. I think I, I, my, my reading in the car is a little high, so 75 is probably pretty accurate. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, my, my beat is MLB, get your crap together, your... Your, your app is garbage. You know, I, I don't know. I feel like I may have already ranted about this once before and maybe forgotten about it, but I'm just going to keep ranting about it. I'm trying to drive across the country. I'm trying to listen to a Pirates game. I'm like, that's going to be a great way for me to to, 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 to get there. You know, I, I mean, I'm fully inter- expecting that my service is periodically going to be interrupted by dead zones. You know, I'm, I, I am in the middle of nowhere. I'm finally... Uh, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm finally at a place where I can keep service for more than, like, 20 minutes at a time. But at the same time, I, when I have four bars and full LTE, there's no reason why the, the, the broadcast should just stop and I have to, you know, restart the app in order to, to, to listen along, you know. Um, I'm paying good money for this, you know. I mean, obviously, most of what I'm doing, paying the money for, is to watch visually. But one of the perks is you get the audio along with it, uh, and the app just bugs on me all the time. I don't know if it's iPhone. I don't know if it's actually my phone, and I'm just going off and whining about uh, their performance, and it's actually my crap that's causing the problems. But come on. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. 2023. Get your crap together. Steve, I hear your corporate pain. Uh, I, I hear you on that one. Thanks, man. So, um, this past week has been quite an entrance for Mr. Henry Davis. Uh, I don't know how much you've been 
keeping up uh, as you've been on the road and whatnot, but um, he's had himself one heck of a week. Um, he's on a seven-game hit streak, and those last three games, all against the Padres, have all had multiple hits in them. Yeah. Um, in the past week, uh, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler for the three stars at the end, but he's batting three ninety one with a 177 weighted runs created above average. Um, yes, it's a hot week. Yes, pitchers will adjust to him, and then he will have to adjust back to them. But man, you really couldn't ask for too much of a better start for uh, the Pirates' right fielder. No, you really can't. Um, I, I, I mean, it's always nice when a guy comes up and is successful right from the jump because you don't have, you don't have to explain away their their struggles. You know what I mean? That there is an adjustment time. You know. When a guy comes up and just it's continuity from what he was doing in the minor leagues to the majors, it's just uh, it just it's it's a good look, it's a good feel, um, you know. And it's easier to get people on board with that player, you know. If, if he came up and struggled, you know, there there would have been guys that would have bailed on him after three games. Like now, he's at least got a little bit of a cushion for when he does struggle. Um, you know, there's some other guys that have come up, Nick Gonzalez, who's. You know, had, had, had one really, really great game that he flashed, you know, what he can do with the bat when he makes contact. Um, you know, but it, again, I, I, I haven't been, you know, like, again, I haven't been following up with the Twitter and reactions here um, lately. And I, I think so many people have probably, like, you know, I've, I've latched on to the we need to get the young guys up here trained. That maybe, they're, they're, you know, a guy like uh, Nick Gonzalez is going to get a little bit more patience. Uh, than he, he, you know, he, he normally might, but, um, yeah, I mean, but, you know, he's coming up and he's struggled a little bit and, uh, you know, at, at the same time, you know, it's, people are going to eventually lose their patience if he, if he doesn't, you know, uh, coming up and having some immediate success is going to give, uh, Henry Davis a, a longer leash with the fans. Yes. Um, I still am really having a hard time wrestling with the fact that he's not getting more reps behind the plate. Um, I just don't get it. Yeah. I mean, he's a lead value behind the plate, potentially. He's a... I, I, I think it was David Todd that actually... I, I did see a tweet earlier today from him uh, where he was basically like, he's a lead value um, behind the plate, but he's, you know, he's a good... He's a really good right fielder. Um, but he's, he's next level um, if you let him catch. So, I mean, it's, to not give him any Um And I don't know if I fully understand what's behind it. Like, listen, he's never going to catch full time. If Andy comes up and Andy does what everybody wants Andy to do, um, you know, he's never going to catch full time. He's probably going to be, uh, at very least, one third catcher, and they're going to use him in other, you know, in, in right field to just keep the bat in the lineup. But he is, um, you know, he's, he should be at least behind the plate some of the time. And, and he, he just, his value goes just, you know, like I said, he's, he's a potentially elite player if he's, if he's catching. Uh, as a right fielder, he's, he's a definitely well above average, but 
you know, the max value that he provides the player or to the Pirates is as a catcher. The team's going to win more that way um, because you you can stick somebody else in, in right field. Like there was nothing wrong with the Palacios, you know, Connor Joe platoon. Um, you know, now it's just you know, I mean, now it's obviously that platoon's migrated to left field while uh, Brian Reynolds is on the mend. But um, you know what what happens when he comes back? Now you got to take another bat out of the lineup. So you can leave hedges in behind the plate and not use your, you know, uh, potentially elite catcher. Yeah. So Davis is the first overall pick from the 2021 draft. And that draft is already bearing fruit with Davis uh, in the majors. But uh, what I want to talk about tonight is the abject failure of some of the recent drafts that should be uh, right now, the core of this team, and it's a little bit emblematic of, of where the Pirates are at right now. And uh, so we're going to start with 2016. Now, if you were drafted in 2016 as a high school player at age 18, you should be 25 years old. If you were drafted as a college player, you should be 28 years old. That should be the core group of this team, which is crazy, you know. But in baseball, it takes a long time. Uh, and by the, the corollary of that, 2017, uh, you should be 24 or 27. So you should definitely be in here if you were a college draftee. 28, uh, 2018 draft, you should be 23 if you were a high school player or 26 when you were a college player. So it is absolutely reasonable to say that those 2016, 17, and 18 drafts, there should be... My rule of thumb is you should always get two starters and a bench player out of every draft. So you're looking at six starters and three bench players or bullpen guys. Um, And let me run down some names for you about how terrible those drafts were. 2016, first round pick. Do you remember? Nope. Okay. It's It's Will Craig. He of the negative 0.7 career war. Second round. Second round. Travis McGregor. As of right now, he has not made the majors. Um, he's he's in double A, but I don't know. And then the third round pick, Stephen Alame. Never made the majors. No, that's not true, actually. He did recently get called up by the Colorado Rockies. Oh, well. I, he is not. He certainly Expecting to get most of your value out of those first three rounds, but you hope you hope that you get some stuff. You know, for God's sakes, it's a 30, 30 round draft, and back in twenty sixteen, it was a forty round draft. Out of all the other rounds, they got negative four WAR, which is almost impossible to think that. 
the top three players by war had a zero, a negative 0.1, and a negative 0.1. Those were the top three players they drafted out of the 2016 draft. That's that's a huge oof. So moving on to 2017, first round pick, Shane Baz. He's accrued half a war, which, okay. But the problem was, and is, is that He's accrued that with Tampa Bay as he was part of the uh, much-discussed Chris Archer trade. Second round, Cal Mitchell and two other guys. Those three guys in the you know competitive balance rounds and second round have combined for negative 0.4 war. Third round, Dylan Busby never made the majors. All other war from the other rounds, negative 2.2. Top players is Baz at 0.5, not with the Pirates. Bo Salzer at 0. And Jason DeLay, who is still at 0 career war. But, uh, you know, it's Jason DeLay. And that's not exactly a huge look if that's your that's your guy. Yes, I was using baseball reference. Yeah, just because... to round off this trio of sadness. Uh, 2018, Travis Swaggerty, negative 0.2 war. It's it's just not going to happen for him. Second round, Braxton Ashcraft. He's suffered through some injuries, but he's coming around. He's kind of a little bit of a rapid riser. Still hasn't made it, though. Uh, and third round, Connor Kaiser. Never made the majors. All other war from that entire draft zero now in that war in that uh drafts defense mike burrows was drafted in the 11th round um he's most likely out you know for the rest of this year of course um so he may contribute and may try to save this draft a little bit but that's still asking him to really shoulder a huge load for uh, a real bust of a draft and it just goes to show you that's that's why the pirates are not only in the position that they're in currently, but they've had to rely on trades in order to generate a lot of their their talent. Um, that's where most of their players are coming from. Uh, they've got a few homegrown international signings. Um, your G1 Bays, your Luis Ortizes uh, of the world. But this is mostly a team that's built from free agents and trades, which... You just can't do when you're the Pirates. You gotta home grow a team. Yeah, I think um, I do think that there's uh, there's there's definitely uh, issues with both player development and with uh, with the drafting there. I, I will say this though: I, I, there's there are some guys that they did trade for that end up you know spending most of their time developing in the Pirates system. So it's hard for me to say for sure. Uh, you know, whether or not, you know, I mean, you, you got to kind of give the Pirates development a little bit of credit for those guys. But, um, you know, again, 
it is kind of, a, I think it's also emblematic, and, and this is anywhere, you know, uh, you know, when when you're signing guys now to the Dominican Republic and you're, you know, signing guys that are 18, as young as eight, 17, 18 out of the baseball or the, the, the amateur draft, um, it kind of, you know, it's, it's just indicative of how much of a crapshoot it is working with guys that age. You know, if, if you're trading for guys, you know, you've got so much more information on what they're capable of doing. You know, so now, uh, you know, you can use that information, you're better, and to, to your benefit, you know. Um, but that being said, there's a lot of other teams that uh, that do a lot better than the Pirates with that limited information they have uh, coming out of the draft. Yes. Now, that was a dark period of, of Pirate drafting. It does appear that we're already see, starting to see some fruit from the 2020 draft with yeah. Nick Gonzalez and Carmen Mlodzinski. I'll get that right one day. Um, and that's out of a five-round COVID-era draft. And then, sure. of course, uh, Hank Davis out of the 20-round sure. 2021 draft. Um, so the the fruit is starting to bear, and that, that is sure. good. But Pirates just love to shoot themselves in the foot, you know. They, they don't make it easy on their fans or anybody else. But, uh, yeah, so the Pirates... Is it a drafting or is it a development, in your opinion? I think, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's hard to say that it isn't. I mean, I think definitely in that 2016-2014, they really didn't do themselves any service there. But that 2016 to 2018 should have been the core of the rebuild, you know? Like, yeah. uh, and they just, they just laid an egg, you know? I, I think that they are better. I, I think the Pirates are pretty good at getting players from... Uh, that that uh, you know from from early uh, early progressions from basically you know low A to like double A, but I think they have a hard time getting them from triple A players or quad A players to being major league players. You know those last few touches that they you know that they, that they need uh, to kind of get to the next level. Um, I mean, I think there's a you know there's there's a lot of advantage or examples of that over the years with them. I mean, I think Tyler Glass now is, uh, you know, a very, very clear one. You know, I think that, you know, um, you know, the same, same trade Austin Meadows would be the same exact way, uh, you know, same, same type of situation. Um, I mean, even Mitch Keller, you know, again, got him to the double, uh, that double a level, but you know, they had to fight like hell to get that guy point where he was a functional major league pitcher you know um i think that there's improvement in that department since the new regime has come in i don't know if it's enough though i I still am not quite convinced uh that they're that they're even performing player development at a major league you know average level um and that's what they have to do like that's the thing that needs to be their bread and butter uh if it's not they're gonna always struggle like I, i mean you can I mean, like, it's like, you know, everybody wants the Pirates to spend, but if they're not going to spend, that's what they need to be able to do is to develop these guys and draft them. And I just, you know, I, again, I don't, I think, I think we were seeing some improvement there, but I still don't know if it's to the good enough level. Yeah. So, um, the Pirates, as we record this on Thursday night, uh, completed a sweep of the San Diego Fathers. And that's always good to see. 
Um, also good to see is that David Bednar came in, got a four-out save, and is, is doing David Bednar things. And after tonight's game, he's going to be at uh, 1.5 F war. And I'm so not only has that tied his career high from last year, but that's going to put him in the, you know, on pace category uh, to have a three war season. Now, my rule of thumb, Steve, is that for a reliever, you take his war and you triple it. And that's what he would be as a starter. So even if he just finished up at 1.5 F war like he did last year, that's a 4.5 F war starter, which is basically in between a number one and a number two. So that's the type of performance you're getting out of Bednar. Now if you're starting to talk about a three war, you're into not only elite, but absolute rarefied air. Um, now, I know you don't have your computer up, so I'll help you out here. I went back on Fangraphs and did a sort from 1950 to 2023. So basically the integration era to present. And did it for pirate relievers to see what are the highest F4 guys in, in club history for a single season. And the top two are Goose Gossage and Roy Face. At 4.2 and 2.6. So I'm going to toss them out because Roy Face started 10 games in, and pitched 125 innings. And Goose Gossage was, was famous for being a multi-inning reliever. Uh, and he pitched 133 innings. So that's how you... That's a fifth starter today. Or a fourth starter today. That's right. So that's how you kind of accumulate some war back in the good old days. It didn't hurt that he had a 1.62 ERA, of course. But So if you take those two guys out, Bednar at three would just blow past to be the, the leader of, we'll call them, modern relievers. Uh, at the top of the heap, then, is 2013's Mark Melanson 2.5 war season. And then right behind him with two seasons is Felipe Vasquez. Now, the interesting thing about Bednar is he's almost like he, he's a morph of Vasquez's strikeout rate and stuff because he has a K rate of 10.2, which is right around Felipe's 10.2. 10.5 to 11 that he was typically getting. But he also combines that with Mark Melanson's amazing command and control. Yeah. Um, in Melanson's 2013 season, he had a 1.01 walks per nine. Bednar is at 0.9. So he's even better than Melanson, who, for my money, was the greatest setup man that I've seen and, and also a, a damn good closer when he was asked to be that. Yeah. Um, and Bednar's going to be better than both of those two guys that I just talked about. And I've considered Vasquez to be the the greatest closer of my lifetime. Uh, obviously, he is a massive, unremovable stain on his legacy. Um. So it would be nice to see Bednar kind of 
cement that and, and have him be probably the greatest closer of, of our lifetime. Yeah, I mean, at least in the single season sense, but, uh, yes. you know, yes. it's a great, 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 great year so far. Um, you know, and, and, and I think as we transition potentially from this into three stars, I would be shocked if we didn't match up perfectly, you know, this week. So, um, well, I, do you want to go ahead and, uh, I want to go ahead and, and just run them off for me. I, I don't. I don't know. You you got me thinking now because I I kind of went a little asymmetrical on you here this 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 week. My my three are all hitters, and they're all dudes. I'm gonna just kind of group them together and kind of cut to the chase. They're all dudes that had 170 or greater weighted runs created in the past week. So I have a feeling that we might. Uh, we might be differing here a little bit. My number three is Andrew McCutcheon. Okay. Uh, 391 average, um, 170 weighted runs created, you know, 14.8% walk rate. Um, that's that's pretty much it, you know? Yeah, he has had a really good week, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, I, my number two is I'm, I am going to go with Bednar. Um, I know he did run in trouble, but I mean, I think a lot of that is just for the work that he put in today so um you know but i'm, I'm gonna go with him yep. for my number uh my number two now let me just say that in pretty much any other normal week i have a feeling we would be matching up with our three but um number two for me is carlos santana oh, uh, okay yeah i should have i forgot i kind of forgot about you know his little home run streak but yeah, yeah. go ahead yeah three three thirty three batting average 625 slugging Translates into a 171 weighted runs created. Um, it's nice to have the big guy back and contributing at the plate. And I think based on the uh, based on our, our the intro to the show, we know who uh, we yeah. know who is number one, and that, that of course is Henry Davis. Yes. So, so we at least matched up. So maybe I, so I wasn't entirely wrong that we would match up. You know. So oh yes. Yeah. Just, just took me a little while to get there. So. Yep. No, it's um, it's it's just like a nice breath of fresh air, and you know, once they broke the seal on Henry Davis, I mean, we're seeing all kinds of guys. Jared Trulo's yeah. up. Uh, the aforementioned Nick Gonzalez, Malajinski's been up for a while. You know, doing some stuff. Uh, they're just um, they're really kind of going for it with with calling up young yeah. guys. Now, a lot of that is out of necessity um, because guys have either been hurt or and or terrible. Yes. Uh, so I'm kind of curious to see how many of these guys are going to stick. Uh, Triolo, obviously, is just here until Hayes comes back. Yes. Um, but still, it seems like you're going to probably see these guys fill out the roster in September at least. Yeah. No, I... 
through, and, and I think it's, this is how player development works, though, on a good team, is it takes a little bit of time sometimes before you can actually, like, work all of your guys in, you know? So, um, you know, it's, uh, it, you know, you, you don't you don't just get called up. Even if you're playing well, sometimes you get called up, you do a good thing, and then you get sent back down again because there's other better players uh, still out there that you need to establish yourself around, um, you know, or you need to find a new role to play in order to, to, to stay up. So, um, you know, and, that, and, and, and again, uh, Jared Triolo, you know, his performance, if he gets sent back down again, it's going to be no indication of whether or not, you know, he can play at the major league level, um, you know, or whether he has a bright future. It's just the nature of the beast when you're halfway decent at the very least and you're trying to break in. So, yep. So, Steve, uh, I wish you good luck as you travel through the deep, deep south on your way to Jacksonville. Um, and I thank you. Hopefully, you have some good food at least as you're driving. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we ate well in Albuquerque yesterday and uh, had some good barbecue in Oklahoma today. Hmm. So, um, you know, longer days make for less time to find fun stuff to eat. But um, you know, we'll we'll try to get uh, we'll try to get some good stuff in again here tomorrow. So, all right. Well, uh, next time I'll catch you on Jacksonville time. It'll be the first time in a while we've had both of us on Eastern Standard Time. Um, so that's it for us this week. I'm Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve Thank you.